0: So today we get to dive into Galatians 5, and Paul is continuing to write about how it is that we put our faith in action, just like he did in Romans 12 yesterday. But today we're not just going to talk about the how, we also are going to talk about the why. You see, Paul talks very clearly in this scripture that the way that we live is an outflow of the change of our heart. He says it in verse 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He says it in verse 16, let's live by the Spirit. And then later on, we'll show the fruit of the Spirit. Then in verse 25, we live by the Spirit, so we'll keep in step with the Spirit. There's a link between our faith and our actions. But the, but the order that that's in is very important to Paul. He wants us to know it's not do these actions and then you will experience salvation and transformation. Rather, it's be transformed by faith in Christ and it will lead to a transformed life. There were people that were coming to the Galatians who were very early on in their faith journey and telling them there are certain actions that you have to take In order to prove that you are saved, or in order to even be saved, you must take these actions. Paul is coming along and saying, don't forget, it's not about actions that make you get saved. It's faith that saves you. Those actions are a response to the Spirit's work in your life. So you're going to hear and read in here about circumcision. That was the specific action that these Jewish Christians were coming in and saying, you have to be circumcised if you want to be part of this new faith. Paul's saying, nope, this is not about these laws that were having to be followed before Christ. After Christ, it's the law of love demonstrated in a thousand different ways but it's the law of love and it's the result of faith. So enjoy reading Galatians 5 and ask the Lord as he is teaching you in this chapter, what is it that I need to hold on to? Is there a tradition that maybe I'm holding on to or a religious activity that I'm holding on to thinking it's going to save me that I need to let go of and remember I'm saved by grace through faith? Or... Am I keeping my faith stagnant because I'm only counting on that grace and I'm not allowing it to transform the way I live? Is there an action that I need to follow as a result of the change in my heart, as a result of the act of the Spirit? Heavenly Father, would you teach us today? Show us very clearly, is there anything in our belief system that needs to be adjusted So that when we serve you out of love, it is is an overflow of the change that you have made in our hearts. God, teach us in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy reading Galatians 5. Looking for that one verse that stands out to you that you need to hold on to. And then we'll talk about us. So there's a lot of compare and contrast going on in this particular chapter, even in that very first verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free, stand firm, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so in that particular verse, if I were to get creative with the way that I wrote down the scripture, I might look for those words that are what is true about me, freedom, Free, stand firm and choose a color or an emphasis for those, maybe circle them or choose a specific color or underline them. And then the words that are not true for me, I would cross out. I would strike through it after I wrote it. So do not, right? Burdened, yoke, slavery. Those are the things that are no longer true of me. So even as I'm writing the verse, I'm looking for that compare-contrast. If your verse holds those kinds of comparisons in them, maybe play around with copying it down that way. And basically by doing that, you're already priming yourself for your observation. Enjoy copying down your verse, and then we'll talk about O. So in your observation, is there a comparison that needs to be made? Is there, this is the way I should be, this is the way I shouldn't be? This is the way I should behave or not behave. This is what used to be true. This is what's true now. Lots of these verses hold on to that compare-contrast kind of language. Or perhaps your verse is showing you something about the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit comes up over and over and over again in this particular chapter. If you are curious about the Holy Spirit, that might be a good activity in your observation, if you have a few extra moments, scan back through the entire chapter and look for those places where he talks about the spirit and think and make a few observations. What's true in each one of these places about the spirit? Think about, chew on it, maybe look up a few words or rewrite it in your own phrase, phraseology, you know, give it that nice paraphrase. And then we'll go on to application. So depending on where you landed with this particular chapter, your application may be very straightforward. For example, if you chose the fruit of the spirit passage, man, which one of those is it that you want God to cultivate more deeply in you this week or today? What would that look like? Or are there some acts of the sinful nature that you copied down that you realize, I need to be ruthlessly eliminating this from my life? Maybe you're recognizing that there's something fresh that you need to understand about your faith and actions and how those two line up. Get really concrete in your application. Maybe you're a little confused about this whole circumcision conversation and you realize you want to talk to someone about that. Or look up some articles that tell you a little bit more about what circumcision meant in the New Testament. So give yourself a nice concrete actionable application and then we'll talk about prayer I love how through this passage we get to hear that Christ is setting us free and then we get to experience what the spirit is giving us and so he's giving us all of these gifts it says through the spirit by the spirit this is the spirit be led by the spirit enjoy the spirit Be an example of one another. Keep in step with the Spirit. So, so much here about the Spirit. Perhaps in your prayer time, you could stretch yourself to directly address the Holy Spirit. So often when we are praying, you might hear someone say, Dear God, Heavenly Father, dear Jesus. But how often do you pause and specifically address the Spirit of God who lives in you? What would it look like to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit today? Reflecting on the character traits that you've discovered in this chapter. Thanking the Holy Spirit for being the one who leads you. For being the one who fills you with this new fruit. Take some time to have a conversation with the Spirit of God tonight. And then I'll close us in prayer together. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. I loved that chorus when I was young. Mold me, make me, just this this reality that I can come and I can speak to you. Spirit of the living God, and ask you to do something fresh and new in my life. You live within me. You intercede for me. We read that earlier this week. You transform me. You fill me with gifts. You lead me. I am grateful. Holy Spirit, make me more aware of your voice in my life, of your leading. Teach me how to respond quickly and readily to the nudges, to the divine encounters, to those things that in the world we call serendipity, but really it's the perfect intersection of of you leading us into the next step in our journey. So God, help me give you credit where credit is due. When you, Holy Spirit, are prompting me And let that be true for my brother or sister who's praying along with me today. Teach them something new. Holy Spirit, we trust you. And we're so grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. See you all tomorrow.